0: awesome man listen thank you so much for taking the time to do this it is such a pleasure to get to speak to you
1: again how are you doing today oh no oh yeah i'm good thank you thank you so thank you for making the effort and, and wanting to talk to me i guess
0: <laughs> when those uh when the when those when that offer came in for interview times the slots and everything like that straight away it was like oh my god contract, absolutely it was oh. it already feels like blood stopped last year was what 10 months ago but it literally
1: feels like yesterday already yeah it's weird right it's weird how things are passing by. Like, it feels like yesterday and also like it was 10 years ago at the same time. It, it's weird. Do
0: you find that it does, even as you're building towards like an album release, that it does fly by or does it kind of start to drag as you get closer to that date?
1: It's It's been kind of both. It was like, um, everything seemed to come, come together very quick, then it were, uh and then like, once we kind of like had our release date, we knew it was finally going to be July 1st. It seemed to like take forever. Then all of a sudden, these last couple of months seem to have flown by. But now we're back to like, oh, it's coming out any day now, or like any week now. It seems to have slowed right down again. So it's just a mess. I, I don't know what what day it is. and what time it is. I'm going to wake up one day and my album will be out and we'll go from there. <laughs> Do you kind of,
0: do you enjoy the sort of slow process that does come with the release of an album? So uh, as much as part the press aspect, the releasing of content, the slow drip feed of singles and so on?
1: Uh, yes and no. Like on one hand, like it does start to wear in the way that like, especially the closer and closer we get, I just wish it was out. Like it's like, especially because we've had it done. Like I've been able to listen to it for over a year now so that it we are kind of at the point where like, I'm sick of it now I just want people to be able to hear it but it is nice like when you get the reaction like when you do start to tease stuff and like you throw a single out and like people are excited like that is nice so it's kind of a double-edged sword in that sense where it would be like in an ideal world we could just give people the album straight away but that's obviously not how it works and so you kind of make the best and have the most fun you can with yeah the the teasers and the content and the marketing here and there and all that sort of stuff it's a game it's a game you've got to play the game a little bit yeah there's a little bit of that to it there is yeah but as we draw
0: ever closer to the release of pathos it's july 1st 2022 how is the feeling in the Condra camp overall are you feeling quite relaxed and excited especially as obviously you've run, recently run into the issues with the vinyls
1: yeah up until that point it was all great mm. um it was another one of those things where it's like cool everything's going well singles are out everybody's really enjoying it great we've been playing some gigs we've been doing some touring like yeah it was a really nice time to be in conjure and all that sort of stuff and then yeah we started getting the communication that there might be a vinyl issue and and all of that blah 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 so that's not been the nicest last week or so and it's still ongoing like nuclear blaster being really good at like chasing it up and keeping us updated and all that sort of stuff So it's it's put a little bit of a dampener on things just because we delayed the album in the first place, like to make sure or to try and make sure that everybody got it in whatever format they wanted, like on release day or as close to as possible. Like we could have released the album months ago, but it would be one of those where it's like the album's out if you pre-ordered a vinyl you'll get that in like five months or something like that we didn't want it to be that way as people have already waited like four years for it we wanted it to be it's out here it is you can have it however you want it and like just let people enjoy it so now that that's been compromised a little bit it's it like it stings a little bit but it shouldn't be too bad it should still be we should still hopefully from what i've been told anyway get hold of our copies that we're then shipping out to people by the time it's out So then it should only be another couple of weeks or like maybe a month tops before people get it. It shouldn't be something where like, oh, yeah, well, I was meant to get it in July and now here I am in September and I still haven't been told it's shipped or anything like that. It shouldn't be that bad.
0: It'll be worth it in the end. And it's one of those things I think that everybody is quite understanding about because it's not a unique situation to you guys alone. It sucks, but it's kind of what it is.
1: Yeah, and that was kind of reassuring because, yeah, I put a post up on all the socials basically to explain, like, this is the case, really sorry and all of that. But, yeah, all of the comments were, like, completely supportive and positive. And it was, yeah, it was really nice to be like, kind of just helps you breathe a sigh of relief and go, okay, it's going to be all right. Like, I'm not going to have a load of refund requests through Bandcamp or anything like that. Like, things are going to be okay. People are human beings and are understanding. And it's, yeah, it's not as bad as it could have been
0: people are just excited to hear it you know the the format will come uh, but as long as it's available on just say July the 1st digitally which it's going to be um that will, that will be more than enough to keep people quiet for now
1: right and that's the other thing I guess even if someone's preferred format isn't streaming or YouTube or Bandcamp or whatever um like and they may choose to wait until they get the vinyl or something anyway and that's totally fine but I guess at least you've got that option Whereas, whereas before streaming and the internet and all of that, it was very much if you didn't have your CD or your vinyl, or whatever, you didn't have it at all, right? So I guess it's, it's, yeah, it's good that there are options, even if it might not be people's first choice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's, it's part and parcel of the story as of right now. It's been an incredible four or so years for Conjure in general, though, would I mean, we're going back to Maya 2018 and obviously the subsequent rise of Condra that followed that. So much touring and playing live and then bang, along comes COVID and everything grinds to a halt. How much of an effect has the past couple of years had, and the pandemic had on not just the creation of pathos, but conjure in general?
1: Um, again, it's kind of similar to a few other things. It's kind of like a double-edged sword. Like there's there's a couple of different sides to it. Like, part of the reason, like it, it was never planned to be so long between albums. Obviously, a, a two-year pandemic doesn't help, but um, we, we had never planned to take as long between Maya and Palfos as, as what's ended up happening. And part of the reason that it has happened that way is because we could never have seen like Maya blowing up a, as much as it did and like people being so receptive to it and being so kind. But then what that meant is we were getting all these amazing tour offers and festivals and like opportunities and stuff off the back of it um, that we, we were basically, like you say, we were just touring and touring and shows and shows and this and that. And we're not a band who writes on the road Mm. uh, or like gets in a practice room and jams or anything like that. We all write at home kind of like on our computers and send it over to each other and build things up that way. Um, And so obviously not being able to do that because we were out on the road, that was pushing things back and back. And whenever we would have like a month or two off and we go, okay, let's try and do some writing. Like we just wouldn't get anything productive out of it or anything like that. So not that the pandemic was a good thing at all, but like, having that time where all we could do was be at home and like legally we were told to stay in our houses it meant we we could only focus on the album so in terms of like the effect it had on the creation of the album like it it expedited the process like exponentially essentially because it meant we could focus and really hunker down and not have anything else to do but then like say in terms of like what did it do for the feeling of conjure and all that sort of stuff yeah it we were we were on tour when it happened. Like we were about to start our first full like European tour, going to loads of countries he'd never been to before, supporting Carbomb. And then yeah, we did four or five German shows. And then we woke wake up or we'll get a phone call in the morning that we're meant to be uh, traveling. I want to say we're going to Prague or somewhere like that. And yeah, we just get a call saying America is shutting their borders, Carbomb need to go, like the tour's off essentially. And yeah, we had to do a long drive home to then sit at home for two years so yeah from a more like personal perspective and as a band that's trying to build something it the same as with every band like that's not just something that happened to Condra, but yeah it, it did definitely halt that side of things but the plan was kind of to be more quiet in 2020 anyway in terms of touring after that European tour to try and focus on the album so it's like I say double-edged sword thing like two sides to every corn, coin right it, it definitely wasn't a good thing but the album definitely would have ha- wouldn't have happened in the way that it has had we not had that time.
0: Yeah, it's 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 taking small positives out of an incredibly negative situation. Right, There's this uh, guilt process I think um I that comes when you kind of want to sort of mention and talk about well look this worked out okay because of the pandemic, but because it's been such a terrible time you almost don't want to say it. But we I feel like we have exactly. to put these little positives
1: out. This is the thing is like we can't we, like we can't deny it in, in that sense. Like if we hadn't have had that time, the album would have definitely still got done. But how long it would have taken, like when we would have been able to, do it, what the songs would have turned out like, it's obviously impossible to say. So yeah, like, like you just said, it, although there were few positives to take from the pandemic, one of them was that say we we were given the time to focus um, and really knuckle down and say get it done and come out with an album that we're proud of.
0: Yeah I think as well it's kind of tiresome the same old when was college we going to do the next album kind of conversation that was constantly happening did the forced downtime then kind of take some of that pressure off when it came to working on Pathos because I don't think it's hyperbole to suggest this is one of the most anticipated records seen in some time.
1: Well that's very kind um yes and no because we, we never really felt a huge amount of pressure anyway um we like brady whenever he kind of gets this discussion or anything like that sums it up really well where he he basically says we we have an obligation yes. to people who have like helped us and kind of worked with us so people like nuclear blast and hold tight pr and atonal booking and all of that and basically our, our team so to speak like we feel an obligation to do well for them and obviously we want to um kind of make good on the opportunities they've they've afforded us and all that sort of stuff but we never had any pressure from like Nuclear Blast in terms of where's the album like we need it submitted by this date or anything like that they've been amazing they were just very much take your time write the album give it to us when it's done and we'll put it out and then we don't put any pressure on ourselves in that way either like the only things we ever said about the album were that we didn't want to do Maya part two essentially um because I feel like we could have. Maya has still got enough to it, and like it's diverse enough where we could have probably gotten away with that. We're doing yeah. another album like that, and people might not have clocked it. Oh, it's just the same thing. But no, we we said that like that was the main thing. We didn't want to do that, but then also we wanted to make a like um basically just a concerted effort to take that next step. Just in terms of like the songwriting and stuff, we wanted to take everything that we kind of loved about Maya and all those elements, as well as then incorporating in like a, the new ele- uh, elements and influences we'd built up over the four years and like mm. really take it to that that next level. say so take that next step and like, and that was on everything from like the songs to the artwork, to the music videos and everything. So that was the only quote unquote pressure we had, but we put it on ourselves and, and I wouldn't even describe it as pressure. It was just, those were kind of like our goals and what we wanted to do with the album. Um, so no the time and how long it had been or anything like that wasn't really a factor because it's just okay it comes down to like we're the four members of the band we're going to write the music that we want to write and it comes out when it comes out and if people like it great if not fine but yeah we don't we don't feel too much pressure otherwise obviously we want it we want people to like it we're not we're not looking to be ourselves about it but yeah it's it's hard to say we felt too much pressure in that sense.
0: It's interesting to say as well particularly from an indie side of things because i also think then from the fan side of things as much as anything else that anticipation it starts to kind of feel a bit startling when it's particularly from an outside perspective uh when you just kind of enjoy the music and enjoy what you do but how when everyone when you've got that constant chatter about who conjurer are based off maya and what they may become or what they will become with the next album how do you guys keep yourselves sane when that chatter at least pre-pandemic, was very, very consistent.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's a weird one. It's one of those things where, I don't know, it it is very much just the one-step-at-a-time type thing because we've never, like, with how Maya went and how successful it was, like, we were able to do things, like, when I was talking about the opportunities we got beforehand in terms of tours and all that sort of stuff, we were able to do more off Maya than we kind of thought we'd ever be able to do as a band in general, and so a lot of it has just been figuring out as we go. And so that, that it's kind of been the same thing with like dealing with people's like praise and expectations and stuff. It's just any time anyone says something, we just kind of have to take it, internalize it. And like, to, obviously, depending on what it's like, there's a few different interviews and stuff have thrown quite something I, I don't know who it is, it, whether it's Nuclear Bastard, or Whole type putting it out, but it's something about like the future of British metal or something like that and it's things like that where it's like that's that's very kind first and foremost but it's also a little bit weird to be like well really us like we're just we're just four idiots like that's kind of our thing is say we just we're just four four idiots in a band writing songs we want to hear so it's it's is yeah it's one of those things where we just kind of take it as it comes and then go from there like it, yeah we don't put too much weight into anything because the other weird bit we were talking about this the other day i can't remember why but it's the sort of thing like especially with social media and things like that now you end up in kind of an echo chamber yes so like we own we only ever see like the praise and the people talking about us in that sort of way because if someone's like talking shit about us they're not going to tag us in that so we're not we're very unlikely to see it unless it's like a youtube comment and stuff like that at which point there's always negative youtube comments and then if someone's indifferent like they're not going to say anything at all so It it is weird to like only see like positive things about your band, but I think we're, say the fact that we're just four idiots, we kind of keep each other level headed just by, say just by the fact that we don't, we don't know what we're doing. We're just kind of getting along. Everything's an experience for the first time. And then, yeah, we, we do our best, do our best with it, essentially. (laughs) It's really
0: nice to hear that, you know, keeps you down to earth, particularly in a world that can be very, very cynical, particularly when, as you said yourself, you do hear statements like the future or hailed as the next big thing in metal, which can, I think, can kind of work one or two ways. It could potentially be a motivating factor for yourselves in the sense that you're going to live up to that and prove that's the case, or that they potentially could be unhelpful because it puts, as you say, unnecessary amounts of pressure on
1: people who don't necessarily know your music. Which way do you see that? kind of neither to be honest it's one of those things where it's like again it's very nice that people say that but uh like we we don't put too much weight into it or too much stock into it in the sense like we don't then see comments like that and then go oh god okay yeah this really needs to be good and like then start changing what we were going to do to fit that sort of thing like oh god we're meant to be the next big thing we need to write songs that sound like this we need to be playing venues this size or that is just like I say it's just you we kind of take it internalize it and do what we would have done anyway like we're very much just gonna do things our own way or at least I hope going forward we'll still be able to say do things our own way and it's there, it's just a case of so far so good like yeah. everything happens to have gone well so far so we don't really see any need to change one way or another and like I say in terms of whether we do become the future of British metal and like one of the biggest bands in the world or anything like that, if that happens, magic, great, wicked, we never thought that would happen, but, and we're not holding out for it. Like that's not why we do it. So to speak, but if it does perfect and if it doesn't, well, you know, well it's, it won't be through, uh, it won't be for anything we've done. Hopefully it'll just be a case that it didn't work out.
0: Yeah, no, it's awesome.
1: Awesome. To keep it straightforward
0: like that. Part of what's going to help though is of course, Pathos. Uh, your new album, undoubtedly Conjurer, but with some of your most creative work to date across this entire album. What was most important thing for you to showcase here? And how did you balance the core, heavy sound of the band, of course, that core edge you have, with what is an incredible amount of colourful creativity?
1: Yeah, that was kind of like I said before, that was kind of the only goal we had for this. Like, we didn't sit down, there was one point um, Where every now and again, Dan will have these big, like romanticized artistic ideas about what he wants to do with the band and his career and all that sort of stuff. And so there there was one point where before we'd really got a lot of the songs even started, he was saying he wanted the whole album to be like, essentially how the song Rock turned out. He wanted the whole thing to be like that, like just disgustingly heavy, discordant, like oppressive from minute one till the end. And just basically have the whole thing like that. And I remember at the time thinking, well, we'll see. And then, yeah, luckily it didn't turn out that way. And he's now also of the opinion that thank God you talked me down and that sort of thing. Um, But yeah, we, we never, other than say that one, that one thing that Dan mentioned that we didn't then set out to go, Oh yeah, this has to be heavy or this has to be this or that. It was very much just a case of, okay, like we've got all the things we enjoy. We've got, our influences and stuff we've picked up over the last four years that maybe we weren't listening to when we wrote Maya and that sort of thing and it was all just kind of about bringing that together and then like I was saying before with doing that we wanted to then yeah make sure we were pushing the boat out and not playing it safe and, and experimenting with stuff and trying and so that's how we've ended up with things like uh, I don't know uh, on all you will remember we've got like the spoken word section and all of that sort of thing It's like just wanting to try those sorts of things and say, bring new elements into the music while still having it sound like Chandra. Yeah, and kind of like the bit that we go back and forth on is like, we'll argue over the smallest little details, but that's to make sure that it's like it, everything has its place because we know that we do a lot and we know that we've got, like you say, a super heavy section, but then there might be a, a quiet bit or there might be a guitar melody under the vocals and like, and all that sort of stuff. But we go into like the most excruciating amount of detail to make sure that everything like has its place and makes sense. And so when you hear it, it it just flows as one piece if that makes sense. Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of the main the main thing we really focused on is that with whatever we're doing, it it has just to like fit and work as one piece. And one of Jan's big things that he's kind of said from the beginning is like you should be able to drop into a song. At any point, like just pick a random song, pick a random minute and second and something interesting should be happening, whether that's heavy or not. And so it's just kind of say trying to apply that philosophy as well so that whether it is just a sparse guitar for a minute or something like that, it's still interesting enough and it still carries the song and kind of reaches its right conclusion and all that sort of stuff. You must be kind of looking forward to what is, will no doubt
0: a long-term be a lot of deep analysis and breakdowns of each individual track, picking apart the detail, but often um, the early opinions, your first impressions and the first couple of listens and what it makes you feel is quite super important. And I think when you talk about the development of Conjurer and uh, progression and what you've learned and brought with this album, I think one of the earliest things people might pick up on is how the balance of what is misery and beauty is near perfected on this album, something Conjure are really, really good at, but also in this album you've nailed <laughs> to such a degree that it jumps out immediately, based even if you've just listened to the singles and not the full album as I currently have. Again, I have to ask, that for was that at the forefront of your mind when you're working on this album? That perfection of right, we want to be miserable and heavy, but we also want to create this sense of beauty and peace and stuff that comes with that
1: not really again it wasn't something that we yeah we didn't sit down and go right the because it's kind of the band cliche and like, like you just said I feel like we have done it on this album but it is like whenever a heavy band releases an album it is always like oh the heavy bits are heavier and the, the clean bits are cleaner and all of that and the choruses are bigger and this and that and everything yeah, is say is this and that and this and that so it wasn't something that we particularly picked up on but I think it is something that has come out in Incorporating those influences, so there was definitely a little bit of of it on Maya, but Dan, for example, is really into folk music.
0: Okay,
1: and so he wanted to bring in a lot of those more folk elements, and that is especially with a song like "Cracks in the Pyre which I think is one of like the cleaner and more I don't know if I can say it, but beautiful songs. <laughs> a lot of that comes from like Dan Dan's folk element, where the music is yeah, typically a lot more pretty in nature and all that sort of stuff, and it's then goes back to what I was saying before, but it's like, okay, well, how do we take this, but then put it through the filter of conjurer to make and like have it make sense in that heavy context. Cause you're right. At the end of the day, we are a heavy band and that's kind of like the, the main thing that we do is like we're a metal band. Right. But yeah. just because that's the case, doesn't mean we can't have these nice, clean, pretty passages um, and all that. And that's part of the fun to be honest, is having that dynamic and being able to do all of these things and do them well, not just, oh yeah they're a really heavy band but then they always go to these weird clean bits and it takes me out of it or something like that and say so the point is it all has its place and it all fits and it all makes sense and paints that wider picture rather than yeah just being like oh yeah they're a heavy band with a few clean bits here and there
0: well you are becoming quite an impossible band to categorize and we love metal fans metal press whatever love to categorize bands put you in that okay. smartness where you belong and um, personally I love it when you start to confuse matters it's fun trying to describe Contra to uh, someone who's never heard you before
1: you i'm of- glad you have fun it's the bane of my life oh, and People you- are like oh tell me tell me what is it what sort of music do you play and i don't know we just go with if i'm talking to people who aren't into metal and that sort of thing i'd just go oh yeah it's like screamy and shouty, horrible music um but then i think even unlike all our socials i think we've kind of given up i think we just call ourselves uk riff music yeah just and hey that works That'll <laughs> yeah, do it. just
0: you know, get, keep it as simple as that, you're a heavy metal band, it's that. Yeah,
1: That's pretty much it, right? Yeah, it's like, we're, we're a metal band, like, sure, we don't sound like Judas Priest in the same way if we were to be, like, a heavy metal band, but, like, there's there's no point calling us a deaf metal band, a black metal band, or this or that, because we absolutely have elements of that, and Part of the good thing when we were first playing shows is we were able to play on lots of different kind of bills and then lots of different scenes because we had those elements. So we could play a Stone of Doom show and then we could go play a hardcore show. And that was really cool. But yeah, you're right. When it comes to then putting a label on that, it's yeah. it's just yeah, it's a little tricky.
0: Well, I get the sense that you've got kind of pride in that because ultimately the many, many layers. And we're, we're talking about pathos here as well, because this is where the kind of keep them guessing aspect can really starts to come to life um you take a lot of pride in the fact that you can stop people in their tracks who are uh expecting one thing and getting another
1: yeah pretty much like it's it's just what we're interested in and like that kind of it it definitely starts with the music but it kind of then extends out everywhere so things like i don't know we we always kind of say like i don't want to go to a death metal show where it's four death metal bands that sound the same and then between each band and the house music they're just playing more death metal like i i it's not interesting, like, for, like, there's only so much you can take, like, the, I mean, it sounds cheesy, but the whole, like, the right is the spice of life, that sort of thing, it's like, it's more interesting when you have those more elements in there, like, obviously, it all we want it to make sense, and we don't just want it to be crazy, they do this and that and this and that, but it's all, like, chop and changey, so the point is that it transitions and flows well, but yeah, we, we are proud of the fact that, like, we incorporate lots of different things, because, like, that's just who we are as people, we listen to lots of different music and when we like it, it's dumb but when we do our own headline shows and stuff where we're in control of the house music we've got a Spotify playlist which is kind of like a just a dumping ground of like anything you like put it in there so our like pre-show playlist will go from like Nails to Katy Perry and then out to ABBA and something like, like but that's like that's fun to us and that's what we enjoy so we just try and employ that to every aspect of what we do as a band say so, some sometimes it has to be a little more serious like in the music i don't think we'll be having disco breaks at any point but, it, Never so, say that, but it's a long time long way to well, go true yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll see how album, we've not written anything for album three yet so maybe if i if i start thinking about it now i can find a way to fit the disco break in but no other than that say so we it's because it's what we enjoy and it's because we who we are as people like we don't set out to be the most diverse band in the world or anything like that but we also definitely don't want to be a one track band where you know exactly what you're going to get if you put a conjurer like song or album on like it's good that people have an idea and it's good that we have a sound and people go yep that sounds like conjurer but within that sounds like conjurer like say it's not a genre label it's just who we are as a band and that sounds like conjurer could mean 10 different things Agreed, agreed.
0: And I love the diversity that, that you're able to at least been able to appear on so many bills. You know, go back to 2021, uh, the brief shows you were able to do something like the download pilot, you know, over- yeah. on that,
1: you know, and that's so important. Yeah, that was, that was incredible. That was, yeah, I think we were, we were the little bit of a sore thumb there. But again, like we're, we're happy to be that sore thumb. Yeah. And that's one of those things where we were going to do that regardless because I, I don't know how people count it but I definitely count it that is ticked off the bucket list I played main stage downloads so no one's taking that away from me but yeah what well, it's like I say that's that's what we want to do we want to play on interesting builds that's why we like festivals like Arctangent and that sort of thing where it is like yes it's stylized and yes it's it like it's not gonna have I don't know like more hip-hop artists or anything like that on there but some of the there'll definitely be a bleed in from that sort of area and say it is a a diverse bill you don't think as well
0: like you'd ever turn anything down for example let's say somebody somebody like glastonbury came calling
1: no i don't i don't see why not it'd be one of those things if we no i was i was gonna say if we were randomly thrown in the middle of a pop stage but even then i feel like we'd do it just for this like just for the laugh at that point like (laughs) realistically yeah we're we're happy to be at a point now where we can start being a little bit more selective with the shows we do we're not we're not in that stage where we have to just say yes to everything but that doesn't mean we deliberately are then cynical and say no to a lot of stuff like most of the offers we get as long as they're like reasonable for us in terms of like travel and that sort of thing we'll do like we were going to be playing I think it's Ross Gilda it's a festival in the Netherlands where yeah I think the headline of Friday was like Taylor Swift and it was kind of like a more Glastonbury setup so yeah we're completely open to that sort of thing Glastonbury Reading and Leeds all of it you,
0: you you don't want to put yourselves in a box we shouldn't be putting you in
1: a box um let you let you be free do your thing <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah it's, it's one of those things right like we've not We've not run into anything where that's ever been a problem and like some of the best gigs we've had have been gigs where say we might have stuck out a little bit but it was fun and say it, we had a good time doing it
0: excellent well as of the time recording we've had three singles from the album it dwells rot and cracks in the pyre each uniquely different each are least spellbinding and each a thrilling showcase of the conjure brilliance fans know and love not just my words the words of the fan base because you only got to do a little bit of digging in the notoriously bad youtube comments for example yeah (laughs) see see that it's predominantly positive um that universal reaction to the singles has it helped put your mind at ease in regards to how pathos is likely to be received because that's three singles and they're beloved
1: yeah definitely it was it's it's kind of like we were saying before right at the start where when you are going through the motions of like an album release putting out the singles and getting that first snapshot is always kind of like exciting kind of whichever way it went even if people had turned around and said they hated it it would have at least been interesting (laughs) um but no yeah it's definitely reassuring to um to see that people like it and like to the point where people have i've seen a few different people say that like cracks in the pie for example is like their favorite Kundra song ever so it's not even just they like the new stuff but they like it that much that they think it's the best we've done like that is, yeah, really like fulfilling and all that sort of stuff, especially because even though I was saying earlier that like as a band, we don't put pressure on ourselves. Mm-hmm. This for me, there was, I felt a little bit of pressure just because this is my first proper conjure album. Like I joined the band. They called me to tell me I was in essentially, didn't even ask, just told me I was in the band um, just as they, I think it was their last day in the studio when they recorded Maya. So like I've been in all the promo, I've done all the touring and all that sort of stuff, but it's never quite been my thing. Whereas now, these are like my songs that I've contributed towards and stuff like that. So even though the band wasn't nervous and didn't feel the pressure, there was that little thing for me where I was like, oh God, I hope people don't love Maya and then hate the album that I'm on and that sort of thing. But no, even, even after we'd finished writing it when I heard the full mix of mastered things, those doubts kind of went away because I knew that I loved it and I was proud of it. But it is also nice to then, yeah, put those singles out and like you say, have them get a positive reaction. It's always always a little bit reassuring and yeah it kind of means you can breathe that sigh of relief that okay well at least people don't hate it
0: it is i i i don't want to sort of sound like i'm gonna smoke up your and when i start praising <laughs> the album heavily particularly uh when reviews are due out and stuff like that so i'm not going to do that too much but i just okay. think <laughs> absolute uh not shock, but great, great time and uh, realisation with this, particularly if um, perhaps you're someone who maybe has been on a fence and been like, well, I like Maya, but I don't quite understand why uh, they're being banded as this. I feel like Pathos is the answer to a lot of uh,
1: potential. Okay, cool, yeah. Problems. Yeah, it's an interesting as well, just because we feel like, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know, but from what people have said and like people like yourself who have heard it, we know that it's not as an immediate album as Maya as well. Like, there is... A lot there and it, it might be an album that might take a couple of listens just to kind of get everything or at least the majority of out of it so I think it's going to be interesting to see yeah obviously the singles are a snapshot and give you an idea but to see what people's reaction is when they can listen to the whole thing as a full album and after they've had a few listens and kind of yeah had the full experience that's kind of what we're looking forward to
0: absolutely because as well of course three singles is just three singles at this point there's uh, still plenty more on the album from the tracks that haven't been released already which one are you most looking forward to seeing the reaction to and why
1: uh i would say all you will remember uh i think a lot of it is just because it's my favorite i think um i mean that flip-flops whenever i kind of listen to the album i end up picking a different favorite but i think i've basically landed on that one now but even if that song isn't my full favorite, the kind of like I was talking about that spoken word bit earlier, but from that to the end is like definitely my favorite moment on the album and possibly favorite thing we've ever done. So it, I, I think that's the one that I'm excited for people to hear the most, just because I love it. Mm. And there's, I, I love all the songs. So there's definitely different bits where I'm like, ah, oh, I hope people like this bit and like this bit's really cool. I hope people like that. I'm like, oh, I'll be interested to see what people think about this, but. In terms of a full song, I think that's the one that I'm I'm most interested to kind of see what people think.
0: Yeah, I'm smiling because um, that was uh, up until uh, yesterday or the day before pretty much what I would agree with you on. But then the last day or two, I've pretty much been obsessed with Those Years Condemned. That's kind of been stuck in the replay. Okay, interesting. The yeah, yeah.
1: Well. It's nice. OK, interesting. Yeah. It's, it's interesting as well, because everyone seems to, for the most part, have a different one. Like A few of the different interviews I've done, people have been saying like, oh, I love In Your Wake and all that sort of stuff, which obviously I'm glad people do. But that that one wasn't a song that I thought would be people's favourites. And so it's yeah, it's interesting that no one seems to really have picked the same one yet, which hopefully is a good thing that all the songs are good. But yeah, it is interesting to see which ones people pick out and like for which different reasons. Because Those Years Condemned initially, until we had It Dwells fully written, hmm. was kind of the front runner to open the album and be the first single. And I was kind of the last person to come round to the current way of thinking. Like I was fighting It Dwells, not for any particular reason, just because I believed in Those Years Condemned. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's interesting to say see, see that you've picked up on that one, because in a different world, that would have been your first impression of the album.
0: Give me, come back to me next week. It'll be a different song. It uh, really is.
1: I'll I'll check in.
0: (laughs) Um, October into the beginning of November, a massive European tour that ends in the UK. And it basically looks like you're picking up where you left off in 2019, but bigger, bolder, and uh, with even more new music to offer to the masses, which does suggest to me uh, that this feels like this period so to the album release and then following up to that tour and anything else you've got going on this year. Very exciting period. Maybe the most exciting period Condra has been part of so far. Do you think?
1: I think so, yeah. Potentially, like you say, especially just because there is all that build-up and tension from it being so long since Maya mm. paired with then like it's not just us, everybody is eager to get back out there now that things are. reopen from the pandemic and like things are happening again like it's all kind of boiled up to this this one point um but no you're right I think this is definitely our our time and our opportunity to kind of hit the hopefully hit the ground running and yeah get out there and do a headline tour kind of plant our flag in again and so kind of like say oh well we're back and then go from there the plan is definitely after the headline tour 2023 onwards is to just tour and tour and tour we want to get back out to like america and canada we want to hit places that we've not been before like there's nothing penciled in but like the the plan is there to try and do like australia and japan and all of that so yeah you're right it's definitely it's all coming to a head and the it's definitely hope hopefully anyway going to be a good time to be in country and stuff like that but we'll see it's one of the things where i could say that and then we could all get shut down again tomorrow and it was all or kind of like yeah pointless making the plans anyway but yeah it's it's half kind of what we were saying before just take each day as it comes and it's half okay we're building up to something here like we're we're ready to go essentially like we're just excited to go it's
0: that isn't it it's still the unknown and that will still exist at least for i think uh, a good couple of years particularly in the industry more than anything else not necessarily uh, the politics of the world uh, but regardless of that, I think most people, myself and uh, yourselves as well, uh, just hope for all the success in the entire world that you can get to do all these okay. tours. And the album is uh, not just received, but I don't, you know, sells and is just 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 blows up. I don't know. I'm
1: trying to be super excitable about it. <laughs> it's one of those, yeah. It's just we never know. Like we didn't expect Maya to go as crazy as it did, and obviously we're very thankful for that. So. We obviously hope that this one goes well, and like things keep going on an upward trajectory, but it's it all kind of comes back to what we said saying before, like we write the music and we write songs and we do the band for the four of us. Yeah. and so we know we're happy with it. We know we love it, we're proud of it, and we're obviously putting it out as something that we are super proud of and we want to share with people. We hope everybody loves it, and we hope that we can go and tour everywhere and and say, have success with it. but if for whatever reason it flops and no one else likes it, then yeah, that's okay too. We'll we'll see. Considering the last question I have for you, considering the last couple of
0: years and a really busy period and then obviously to the stop and then to the work on Pathos, have you uh, as an individual and as, as a group had, had a moment to kind of stop and reflect on your success to this point? Uh,
1: a little bit, yeah. It's one of those things where... Kind of like when we were saying before about like people praising us and saying things like future of British metal and like how we have to take that in and internalize it and then just kind of move on to the next thing. Yeah. These two years, the we didn't know if there was going to be a next thing, right? So yeah, we we could only really sit back and reflect and take stock and see where we've where we've come. um And it's kind of doing doing interviews like this and like building up to a new album where those things really hit home like the way that then people then talk about our band because like I was saying like between us when we talk to each other we're just still the same four idiots like I don't like I'm I'm so proud of like my mates and this band and all of that but I don't look at Dan and Brady and go look how far you've come like because we have but we've done it together and like we've been there every step of the way so any growth that there's been like we we probably don't notice compared to everyone else so it's only when people turn it around and go yeah, look at you now, and like, oh, we get get this off from people. Go, yep, you guys are right there in the up there in the British heavy metal scene. That we only kind of go, oh god, uh, <laughs> I guess maybe we are. I don't know. So yeah, that, the opp- the opportunity is probably not the right word, but the time where we weren't able to go out and tour and release albums and kind of do all of that, yeah, was was an opportunity to kind of sit back, take suck and be like, wow, okay, we we have done a lot, and we have been busy, and we have, like I said before, we've been able to tick off more stuff just from this one album than we'd ever thought we'd be able to as a band. So being able to look back at those memories and all that is, um, yeah, it's great. It's amazing, but it, it's also then fire what's kind of firing us up to go out and do it again. And like, okay, great. We've, we've toured America, but now we want to tour America again, but better. And like, yeah, mm-hmm. we've played download a couple of times, but we want to do it again and bigger and a better stage and all that sort of stuff. So absolutely, we we. Um, we definitely took the moment to to sit back and reflect, but we we don't want to get too comfortable, if that makes sense. Like we don't want to rest on laurels or anything like that. Hopefully in 10 years time, I get to ask
0: this question again and uh, about Rockstar moment. And you've uh, really, really got a
1: lot more to, part, to pile onto that yeah. that. I'll um, have the sunglasses down yeah. and the <laughs> records behind me and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I got it.
0: <laughs> has been on a personal level you know as a person that's been following along since um Maya as well you know um blackheart back in 2018 was the first time i saw right. him play live so the fact that i'm looking at the dome in london later on at the end of the year as well um you know on a personal level a fan base thing more than anything else it's it's an incredible amount of pride i almost feel like you're um out of reach for a website like us that's that that's a small website and I it's know, like oh, conjure big now We would they go do that thing, and I'm proud of that.
1: Definitely not, dude. No, we were, we enjoy it. We enjoy kind of like because it is that thing, like, like we you can say Black Heart 2018, and we know exactly what that means. There was only like what 50 people in that room, something like that. I don't know what cap the Black Heart actually is 50 to 100 people, but yeah, you it doesn't matter about size or anything like that. As I say, you're someone that's been there from the start, and we appreciate it, like, we we very much appreciate everyone making the effort and sticking with us and like part of the growth and stuff is yes it might be down to the music and this or that but it is kind of people like yourself talking about us and writing nice reviews and and all of this sort of stuff so no thank you more than anything well i can't wait to see people's reaction to pathos
0: it's the first of july nuclear blast you don't have long to wait people and it's going to be worth it connor thank you again
1: so much for taking the time to do this no thank you mate it's been nice i enjoyed it
0: Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on GBHBL.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash GBHBL, as well as Big Cartel, where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror, and heavy metal. What else is life for?